0: Well, good afternoon, everybody. Good to see you all. Oh, God is good. All the time, God is good. Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> Speak the truth. Speak the truth. Declare it over yourselves. Absolutely, God is good. Uh, I want to share a message with you today um, about not throwing away our confidence, it's kind of the title of my message, is Don't Throw Away Your Confidence. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, and uh, we're going to start in verse 19. And as I, as you turn there, um, or flip there on your iPhone or however you find it, um, I'm just reminded of the importance of... Everything that we do being by the Spirit, and of the Spirit, and for the Spirit. And so, you know, as I come to preach the Word today, I want you to just posture your hearts before the Lord to receive whatever revelation He has for you. So Holy Spirit, ah, hmm. we welcome you, Spirit of Truth. We thank you that you are the Spirit of Truth. And that you lead us into truth, and I thank you that truth is a person, and so you lead us to Jesus, in whom are hidden all the sum of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so we thank you, God, that you bring out of the storehouse treasures old and new. And we ask, Lord, today that you would speak to each one of our hearts that which you need us to hear. I thank you, Jesus, that you said that the words that you speak and a spirit and their life, that the, the new covenant, the, what you've done in our, for us in, in dying on the cross is to release to us a new covenant that we get to know you, each of us, that you write your law, your word, your truth into our hearts, and whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And so, we welcome you, Spirit of truth. Take a moment. In your own hearts, just to welcome the spirit of truth, to speak to you. We've been singing about any other God. There's no other gods. Every other God is an idol. That's the word. That's the word. Every other God is an idol. You know, we make even our intellect, our knowledge, our understanding, uh, uh, our religious beliefs, we can easily make them an idol that actually has to bow at the name of Jesus. Jesus. And so my prayer for me and my prayer for us together today and every day is that we would, that the Lord would tear down every idol in our hearts that's stopping us from hearing the truth, every lofty ideal, Paul says, every, every uh, argument that sets itself, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and that we would experience truth that would explode on the inside. And that our hearts wouldn't be infertile soil or stony soil or full of weeds. But our hearts would be good ground. So just invite the Lord to plow in your heart today. Just ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, plow in my heart. Lead me into fresh truth. Because if it's true that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free If we're not yet free, it's because we haven't really fully experienced and encountered the truth in the deepest places of our hearts. So, Holy Spirit, come and break up the fallow ground. Plow over us. Rain your righteousness upon us. Take away every bit of stoniness, every weed that would choke. that we would be fruitful. And we declare your word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing the, between the soul and the spirit, joint and marrow, and the setting forth the, the dis- uh, the, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The sword of the spirit is the word of the Lord. So we take right now the sword of the spirit and we invite your chopping. You're pruning Thank you, Lord. Oh yeah. Hebrews chapter ten, verse nineteen. Just keep drinking. You now, just because I'm now speaking, don't don't stop experiencing God. May the river of God increase. May his presence overflow us and overwhelm us. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, (laughs) by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day, which is the day of Jesus' return, all the more as you see the day drawing near. Ah. So don't throw away your confidence. What is your confidence today? What is your confidence in your life with Jesus? What is your confidence in the walk of the Holy Spirit? I love this passage because... It's, it's, in a sense, the, the high point, the writer to the Hebrews has been building up for the last 10, nine chapters, ten chapters into this moment where he's been talking about how what uh, the, the ancient Israelites, the, the Hebrew New Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, the, the, the law of Moses, how that had been put in place as a way of approaching God, uh, and it was... Um, God's covenant with his people Israel but how that reality was actually a vision or or, or a template of the true reality which was to come in Christ Jesus which was that we would go from living this earthly realm into this which was a copy of the tent and the, the sacrifices and the tabernacle and all of that the law was an earthly copy of a heavenly reality that we've now been brought into And so what is your confidence? I think I love this, you know, just to start with to say that we have an invitation, we have an all-access pass into the realm of heaven. You know, when you go to Disney World or you go to um, Universal Studios, you know, you, you buy a ticket now, you know, and then you have to wait in line. But nowadays, as I understand it, I haven't been for a little while, but you can buy a ticket that helps you skip the line. I don't know why you wouldn't pay the extra money for that other than the fact that maybe you still have to line up then it's disappointing but you get an all-access pass you know if you go to a concert and you get to go backstage and you you get to meet the people what do you have you have an all-access pass that allows you to go around security through where everyone else is into the place where all the special people are it's an all-access pass well you know what Jesus has done for us on the cross is the all-access pass to heaven that he ha- we have, therefore, but the Bible says we have confidence to enter the holy places. Now, let me just, you know, share a little bit about what that means. So, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, then, under the law of Moses, there was uh, a tabernacle, which was uh, first a tabernacle, which was a tent, and then it became a temple. Within that, there was, it, it, there was a curtains that, that sort of uh, had an outer court. And then within that outer court, where there was the altar for the burnt offerings, there was an inner uh, court, inner tabernacle, inner tent. And then in that side again was a, the most holy place. And in the in the holy place, there was things like the lamp symbol, symbolizing um, Jesus as the light of the world, and the Holy Spirit, the seven spirits of God. There was the the, the table um, which was, and the bread of the presence, which was Jesus Himself. And then as then there was the altar of incense. And then they went through again into the holy. Holy place, the most holy place, where there was the Ark of the Covenant and the cherubim uh, on the Ark, and the holy, um, the, the mercy seat, which is the covering of sin, and um, and there was that that tent, and that place was the holy place, the uh, the the prescription. The prescribed way was that once a year, the priest who had to be in a particular line, Aaron's line, that priest would be able to go in to the most holy place to make atonement for the people, uh, the sins of the nation. But it could only do that through the blood of bulls and goats. And so this is the sacrifice that they would do. They would take a bull and they would put, him on, uh, put the bull on the altar and burn that. You can read this in Leviticus 16. Then they would take two goats, they would take one goat and they, would, and they would take both goats in fact and they would pray over the goats and confess the sins of the nation over the goat, send one goat off to go outside of the camp and the other goat they would slaughter. And then they would take the blood of that goat and they would go into the holy places. Aaron would go, or his, you know, the high priest, once a year, and he would go in and he would put blood all over the, the, the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat and the edges of the Ark, not because that itself needed to be pure, because that was already pure, but that the people who were coming in, there was sin that needed to be purified. And so the blood cleansed um, and made a way for, those, for the priests once a year to come into that holy place. And um, that holy place was the place of God's dwelling. It, it was the place where when they, when they dedicated both the tabernacle and the temple, the Holy Spirit came like a cloud and filled that place. And so the, people couldn't, the, the priests couldn't actually minister because the glory of God was so thick. It was a place where you wouldn't dare to go in on your own. In fact, the high priests once a year, they would have bells in their, their tunics to say that we're coming, we're moving around, and then they, the high priest would have, a, have a, um, a rope attached to him so that if he died in the, in the glory, he could get pulled out because no one else wanted to go in there and die. It was a place of God's glory, it was a place of God's dwelling, it was a place of God's mercy, it was his fa- the foundation, the, the visual representation on the earth of the glory realm, and of his throne room. And you could only go there once a year, but then, and that was to, for the atoning of, of the sin of Israel, but I love this, is that Jesus is so much better than the law of Moses, the realm of the Holy Spirit is so much better than the realm of the, uh, of the old covenant, which was the letter and the law. The realm of the Spirit is so much better. And here we have a trifecta of things that, that, that are in place for us to enable us to enter the holy places. And the holy places that he's talking about, and you can read in earlier in Hebrews, he's not talking about a physical now, a physical location. What he's talking about is the heavenly realm the realm where God dwells, the place where his, the, the foundation of his throne, where his throne of grace is established, where God himself sits in glory, where the four living creatures are around his thrones, where the elders are casting their crowns down before him, where the angels are singing in worship and in glory and adoration, just like we were joining in with them today. That place of heaven's reality where it's the place of possibility. It's the place of can do. It's the place of God being able to do whatever he wants to do. And, and the writer to the Hebrews is saying, you don't have access to a building or a location once a year. You now have access all of the time. And there's three reasons why. The first reason is this. It's the blood of Jesus. Have confidence in the blood of Jesus. Why? Well, this is the gospel. This is the truth of the gospel, that the gospel is that Jesus came as fully God and fully man. He lived a life that was perfect towards God in full submission and unity, union with him, doing the will of the Father and only doing the will of the Father, something that we should have done, but we couldn't do ourselves. And he came and he lived that life and then died upon the cross outside of the camp as this it's symbolic of that one goat that gets sent off. And he died taking the sin of the world upon himself, symbolic of the other goat that actually went and was, you know, uh, offered as a sacrifice on the, on the offering table. And he became that, that his blood, the perfect blood, his perfect life became our life. And we were credited with his life. And now we stand before him holy and blameless and above reproach. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14 just a bit earlier it says this by one sacrifice has he perfected for all time those who are being perfected. And I love that, this kind of, it seems a bit oxymoronic, but there's that moment where in, in Jesus, the moment we said yes to Jesus, all of our sins have been taken away, all of our sins have been atoned for. As far as the east is from the west, he's had taken our sins from us, we have no, no more, he has no more conscience, uh, consciousness of our sin, he's forgotten it, he's taken it, and he's hurled it into the sea, that's what the Bible says. And and that's not because of our own ability. It's not because of the good things that we've done. He has done it because of the blood of Jesus, because it was the Father's good pleasure and his intention to send his son to the cross, that he would pour out his indignation and his punishment and his judgment that was rightly due to come to us. And he poured it out upon his son and his son willingly took it. And so we are now standing before Him holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight even though we are being perfected because by the power of the Holy Spirit He's changing us to be more and more like Him. There is no longer any offering for sin. There's no longer any offering that you can make for your sin. There's no longer anything that you can do to atone for your sin. Jesus has already done it all. That's our confidence. That's our confidence is that the blood of Jesus is enough for us to enter into the holy places. The blood of Jesus is enough for when we pass through from this realm into the realm of glory when we die or when Jesus comes back, but it's also enough for us to stand right now and live in the reality of heaven all around us. Because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. It's the blood of Jesus is our confidence. There's a story in Genesis chapter 4 that talks about uh, Cain and Abel. Abel uh, and Cain were Adam and Eve's sons, and and Cain and Abel both offered up a sacrifice to the Lord, but Abel's uh, was approved by God and Cain's wasn't. And the enemy comes to Cain, and he's crouching at his door. It says, sin's crouching at your door, That the father says to him. And then he, he ends up murdering his brother. And, and Jesus, sorry, the father comes to him, to Cain, and he says, the voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. The, the murder that took place, that blood that was shed, that was then in the ground, it wasn't just in the ground and gone, it's actually crying out it was crying out to the Father. And Hebrews, in a bit later in chapter 12, it says this, that the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than righteous Abel. What's the blood of Jesus speaking? The blood of Jesus is speaking grace, love. I love them. You've, we've forgiven them. They're pure. They're holy. They're spotless. They're above reproach in your sight. The blood of Jesus is saying, Not by their own effort, not by their own works, not by their own will do they have access. The blood of Jesus has said they are now righteous and they're now clean. They now have access to your very presence, to be your very dwelling place for you to live on the inside. The blood of Jesus is always speaking a better word. What is our confidence? Is our confidence in the blood of Jesus? Or is our confidence in our ability to do good things, to be good people? Is our confidence in our health? Is our confidence in our finances? Is our confidence in our government? That <laughs> lot of good that might do for you. Not to be anti-government, we're to pray for the government. But you know, we're we're learning that our government isn't the answer. Or is it in our ingenuity? Is it in our nationality? Is it in our confidence in just getting back to normal and everything will be okay? What is our confidence? What is your confidence? What are you believing for? What are you putting your faith in? What are you putting your trust in for you to see the fulfillment of God's promises in your life? Let me put it to you. There is only one confidence to have, which is the blood of Jesus. You can't earn his favor. You can't earn his salvation. You can't earn his righteousness. You don't need to. You can't, but you don't need to because he's already given you his all. And so we've got the blood of Jesus is our confidence to enter the holy place. But there's another confidence, which is that he has made a new and living way open to us through the curtain that is through his flesh. Psalm 118 says, open up to me the door of salvation. Open up to me the gates of righteousness. Jesus himself is the door. He is the gate of righteousness by which we have now stepped out of the earth realm, stepped out of the realm of sin, stepped out of the power of darkness, stepped out of the power of slavery to the enemy. And he has become the doorway of salvation. As we walk through, we now live in a totally new world. Realm because Jesus' body, when he was broken uh, and, or hanging on the cross, the curtain was torn into allegorically. That's showing that Jesus himself has become his flesh, has become the curtain, and we step through his flesh into the heavenly realms. Again, we're not coming by our own ability, we're coming by the blood of Jesus and through his flesh. And it's why is it his flesh? Well, it's because it's his life for you and I that counts it's not just his spotless perfection in his blood but it's his life that counts and then the third thing is the third dynamic is that we have a great high priest over our lives and and you know for every covenant there's a high priest so we talked about for Moses uh, and the ancient israelites there was a covenant with a high priest through the line of Aaron the argument through hebrews is that jesus has now come as a new high priest under the order of melchizedek king of righteousness king of peace, and he is now our high priest. But he's like us in every way. He's a high priest. Ephesians 4 says that he can sympathize with us in our weaknesses. He was tempted in every way. Have you been tempted to be angry with your wife or your husband because they're just irritating you? Or tempted to be you know, with a person that's close to you, maybe you're tempted to be angry with somebody that has stabbed you in the back or betrayed you or, or just spoken unkind things about you. Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted to say nasty things about people that let him down. Maybe you've been struggling with finances and you just you don't know lack you have lack and you're not quite sure where you're going and you you're struggling with fear and doubt and where's you know how are you going to take care of those needs to be taken care of and maybe you've got a tax bill that you realize you have to pay for and you don't know how to how to pay for it Jesus has the same thing he's experienced the very same thing he knows what it's like to be tempted to try and work things out yourself The Bible says that he was like us in every way, tempted like us in every way, and yet was without sin. The fact that there's a human God in the flesh, Jesus now seating in the heavenly places with the Father at the Father's right hand, one just like us, gives us confidence as a great high priest that he's there, his blood is speaking over us, and he is there interceding for us. And so access to the heavenly realms, access to the, to the holy places comes to us by the blood of Jesus, by the fact that he's opened up a new and living way, and by the fact that he is not just the blood, but the high priest offering his own blood that's perfect and spotless and enough for all of eternity. So have confidence in the blood of Jesus. There's a great reward for those who hold on to their confidence. There's great reward. For those, both now and in in eternity, for those of us who stand firm in the reality, it's not by my works, it's not by my ability, it's by the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so our life in Christ is one where we have been brought up into the heavenly places. Not only have we been brought up to come in and out, but we ourselves have become the heavenly place. Because if Christ is now dwelling on the inside of us and we're in Christ and we're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms and he's in us and we're in him, then we are now the holy and heavenly place as well as the realm of heaven where God himself dwells. And so we have confidence to enter the holy places. What is the holy place? What does that holy place mean for us? What does it look like? Well, the holy place is the realm of of God. The invitation from the Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus is that we live in a new realm, not on the earth realm, but in the heavenly realm. And it's so easy for us to, you know, if you're anything like me, to keep our eyes focused upon the earth realm. What's going on around us? What's happening in the economy? What's happening in government? What's happening with, you know, the, the vaccine rollout? Should I get the vaccine? Should I not get the vaccine? You know, what's going to happen through, you know, is there going to be a stock market crash or not? It, 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 you know, are we going to make it through this time where we're sort of stuck with our families and, and, and you know, in difficulty? And, and you know, how, how are we going to make through? And We, we kind of look at the earth realm, right? It's so easy to get our eyes on the earth realm, to look at our bodies, to think, oh, I've got this sickness, or I've got that illness, or I've got the other, you know, to look at our, our soul and to think about the things that we're struggling with in our mindset, you know, we're maybe tormented with thoughts, that, you know, of, of anxiety or depression or, or whatever it might be, where we're stuck in the soul realm. If we live in the soul realm, we get stuck in our emotions. We get stuck in our intellect. We get stuck in our worry. We get stuck in our physical bodies. But Jesus has come that we won't get stuck in that realm, that we'll actually get elevated into the realm of his glory. And it's not to say that we don't have those difficulties. It's not to say that we don't have trials and, 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 and challenges. You know, one of our uh, young adults, we had a young adult meeting on Friday night, and it was beautiful and, and glorious, and, and, and the worship was just spectacular one of our young adults just sharing really vulnerably and tenderly about how you know his own journey with you know uh having cancer and having cancer a couple of times and having other things and then you know the, the the results of that uh in you know in his own body but standing before us and saying but god but god his troubles, his difficulties, they weren't just, you know, just disappeared because he was in the glory realm, but he's standing in the glory realm because he's testifying and declaring, this is who my God is. And my circumstances and my life and the things that are around me don't define me, and I'm not looking at the earth realm because my God's called me into the heavenly places. And so we have this place this invitation from the Holy Spirit that we are to live, that we're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. And for me, I don't know about for you, but sometimes it's hard, it's hard to remember that and easy to forget that. It's, it's easy to think and to get focused upon this earth realm, this perspective, uh, and, to, and to get undone by the world and get consumed with worry or fear or anxiety or whatever it is. And, um, and that's not who God's called us to be. Because the blood of Jesus has brought us into the heavenly places. His flesh is the curtain that we could enter into that glory, and he's a great high priest mediating and praying for us and blessing us and interceding for us on behalf of, of the Father, knowing what it's like to be us. How do we live from the heavenly places? Because our our spirit realm, our spirit man, you know, we're made of body, soul, and spirit. Our spirit man, actually, according to the Bible, if we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, we rejoin ourselves with the Lord, we're one spirit with Him, uh, as it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, then our spirit man is actually now residing in heaven with God in Christ Jesus. Whether you feel His presence or not, whether you're aware of the spirit realm around you or not, that doesn't actually matter to the reality that that is what's around you. And our prayer, we were even praying it again this morning in pre-service prayer, but for uh, for myself, my prayer for all of us here is that the, what's in the realm of the Spirit becomes more and more open and aware to us in our consciousness that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened and that we would see and be able to see the glory of Jesus and see who he really is and who he, we are in him and see his incomparably great power that's at work in us, that the eyes of our hearts, that our senses would be open, that we would experience in our soul realm the reality of what our spirit's always experiencing. Anyone want that? I do. Uh, you know, And I've had a a challenging journey with this because, you know, I'm kind of a logical person. And uh, I, I'm very easy to be kind of in tune with what's going on around me. And I've been asking the Holy Spirit to open my senses and to open an awareness of it. And I've, I've had prophetic words from people that have said, you know, oh, in my role here and you know, as one of the leaders of this church, but also for us personally, prophets have come along and said, oh, God's going to give you heavenly encounters in the throne room of heaven. And you're like, oh, yeah, I want that. Bring it on. You know, you read of Paul, the apostle, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and he's talking about these heavenly encounters that he had, that he got revealed stuff to him that was so glorious that he's not even permitted to speak about it. You think about John having the, you know, having the visions that Ash was talking about with Revelation, the whole of Revelation, basically, and, and you hear about people that have these incredible heavenly encounters. And so when somebody says to you, this is what God's going to do for you, you're like, yes, I want that. The problem is I haven't seen it with my natural eyes, or even the eyes of my spirit. But we're not to walk by faith. Sorry, we're not to walk by sight. We're to walk by faith, right? And so the journey that I've been on is learning that, okay, I live in the heavenly realms. My spirit man is there with Christ right now because that's the truth of the gospel. Now, uh, and even if my my body and my senses don't experience it, I'm still believing it. You know, one of my uh, heroes, is a guy called Walter Butler. Walter was in the 50s and 60s, and he was a minister, and he, you know, the Holy Spirit would wake him up in the middle of the night and give him his sermon, right? say this, say this, give him this point, this point, this point, this is what I want you to do, this is how I'm going to, you know, lead it, and all of that, and, and he would get that download, he would go to bed early specifically so that he could wake up, because he knew that God was going to wake him up in the middle of the night, I'm like, yes, I want that, you know, I'm preparing for a preacher, for all your sake, as well as my sake, I'm like, come on, Holy Spirit, give me that, give, you know, give me those encounters, and, and, and you're you're pressing in for that, but the reality is, what the Holy Spirit's been teaching me is, I access that by faith, whether I see it in my mindset, or my, my, my spirit, man my soul realm or not I access that by faith and so I've been learning to realize that actually as I close my eyes and I press into the Holy Spirit and I'm asking him for strategies or for wisdom or knowing what to do in a particular situation maybe it's a personal thing something as simple as like a Lord you know what's going to happen in the economy, where do I invest, what does that look like, how do I invest some, you know, some of our money to make that grow, for, to create legacy and, and place of generosity, what, is, what does that look like for me, Lord, or maybe there's some things that I'm asking for in our family, or there's things in for my, you know, my workplace, which happens to be this church, but I'm, 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 I'm thinking to myself, okay, the promise is that you have called me and you've said that you will bring me into the heavenly drawing rooms, and so I, by faith, I'm standing there because of the blood of Jesus, because he's the doorway of righteousness for me, because of, he's the great high priest, and I am in the heavenly realms. I, by faith, receive the reality that I am now in the drawing room of heaven, even if I don't see it. And revelation flows. And or well, maybe I'm preparing a, a, for a message or a talk or, or just some wisdom from some you know that I'm needing to deal with a personal situation or pastoral situation. I'm there and I'm and I'm done. by faith. This is this moment is okay. It doesn't feel like I can see you standing here giving me the instruction, but I believe it's happening because that's the Word of God. And, and it's the same, you know, Joel 2 and Acts 2, the, the, the prophetic word is in my last days, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And so what the Father's doing in, in pouring out the Spirit is that young men will dream dreams, and, and old, or vision, have visions, and old men will dream dreams, or whichever way it is. We grab hold of them at all, because I'm in my, my late, late 40s. I feel like I'm young and old at the same time. <laughs> I'm going to take it all. But what's happening is the Lord's redeeming sleep for us. Because the night season, for me, I always used to think that it's kind of like I needed to, to work and do as long a, a day as possible because, in the, because I had to sleep and get some rest, but then I would have to get back up and, and the Holy Spirit would then start to speak to me again. But actually, the Bible says that He instructs us in our sleep. And so the realm of the Spirit, even when we're sleeping, we're in the glory realm. In fact, when we're sleeping, we're probably more conscious of the glory realm and it's a place of dreams and visions for the Holy Spirit to open up. It's kind of like 24-7 we're going to get to live in the glory. So maybe what does it look like for you? Maybe there's something that you want to ask the Holy Spirit about, about investing or about how you manage your finances. Maybe you're in your class on Zoom. God help you, bless you, <laughs> fill you with grace and wisdom and understanding. And maybe, you know, you're thinking you've got, you know, how am I going to write this report or how am I going to... Um, you know answer this question or how am i going to come with a different spirit to the way that my colleagues are the reality is because you're there and you're in the heavenly places in that zoom moment the kingdom of god is there the heavenly realms are there because you're there and the holy spirit can give you ideas and strategies on how to write that paper come on maybe you're in you know you're in school high school and you're like ah oh, You're still struggling through with Zoom and and, and stuff that's going on all around you, but the holy because you're there, the presence of the Lord is there, you're in the heavenly realms. The thing for us is to learn how to tap into that reality and let that bubble over into us because whether we experience it or not doesn't mean it's not there. Jesus said, if you drink of me, it will become a life spring of water welling up to eternal life. Maybe you're... In a place of, you know, with your work and your, you know, you've got a, a need for a business idea or you, you, you need more clients or you need more customers or you need breakthrough with suppliers that aren't sort of doing their job. And in that moment, you're in the heavenly realms. You're in that place of encounter, in that place where Jesus wants to bring revelation by the Spirit to you to give you strategies for His kingdom to come because you're in that place of glory. Maybe there's somebody in your workplace or your home or the neighborhood that actually needs a physical healing or you know, they need a word of knowledge or they need a word of wisdom and, and the Spirit is here. The Spirit is on the inside of us by the blood of Jesus because he's been, His flesh has been opened because He's our high priest. He's here to release what you need through you. Maybe you need joy. Maybe you need peace. Maybe you need comfort. It's in the glory realm. And you have an all-access pass to everything that you need. You have the all-access pass. The all-access pass is the blood of Jesus. And it's not whether you see it or not. I just want to reemphasize. And if you see it, God bless you and may that increase in you. In fact, my prayer for all of us as a church community is that we experience that reality with our natural eyes, with our spirit eyes, and that our senses are awakened to him in a whole way that we have not yet experienced. We were talking with Shannon earlier, you know, um, and he was just saying, you know, he's asking the Lord, he's sanctifying his, his um, senses, and, and he said, Lord, can I smell you? Have you ever smelt the Lord? Jim, you have? Yeah, so, and he's like, okay, and then all of a sudden he smells frankincense. And he asks again, like four or five times frankincense. Why? Because we're living in the realm of the spirit, which can overwhelm our natural senses. We're living in the realm of the spirit which is the Word of God. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God is faithful and true. The Word of God is the one that will actually bring us into those encounters and experiences and actually help us to not get off track because it actually teaches us this is the way, you walk in it. But we can encounter the word, we can encounter the Holy Spirit, we can encounter the glory realms through the word of God. I love to sit and just read the word and, and meditate on it. And, and as I said, sometimes I'm like, Lord, I would love to see what's going on, but by faith, I'm believing that I'm actually in the glory, the angels are all around me. Even this morning as we're worshiping, I'm just believing God, I could like tuning in, Lord, show me the angels that are gathering all around us to worship you, that we would join in with them. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places, do you have confidence to enter the holy places? You should do, because that's where you live, if you know Jesus. And our prayer is that the Lord would sanctify our imagination, sanctify our hearts, cleanse our consciences, the things that we've seen, uh, cleanse our eye gates, if we've seen things that we shouldn't have seen, maybe they've been defiled, that the Lord would cleanse those things that we, are, that we as a people would be able to see into that realm of His glory and that the, the things that are around us that look like they are... Uh, you know, they're in, in the natural realm that we would get eyes to see, just like uh, I think it was Elisha who, you know, his servant woke up and he's like sees the armies camped all around them. And he's like, Elisha, look all these people all around. And, and, he's, and Elisha says, oh, Lord, open his eyes. And his eyes get opened and he sees the armies of heaven camped all around him. And he sees it from a heavenly perspective. Because here's the thing, yours and my citizenship is not... American, well, I'm not quite there yet. I'm eligible for this year. Australian and English, whatever your citizenship is, that's not your primary identity. Your primary citizenship is you're a son and a resident of heaven. And a dweller in the glory realm. And the Lord wants to open up that glory realm to us more and more as we sanctify it, and as we, as we dedicate ourselves to him. So I want to invite you to stand. We'll probably look at this next week, the other part of this verse, but there's a, the invitation is because we have confidence is to draw near because we have confidence is to believe in faith. It's because we know that we have this, that we stand in authority and in faith in Jesus. So I want, you to, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I thank you that I have confidence because of your blood. I thank you for your righteous blood that speaks a better word over me, that speaks grace and speaks freedom and speaks access. I thank you, Jesus, that you have become for me the doorway of salvation, the gateway to heaven. I thank you, Jesus, that you're my high priest, that you are interceding for me, that you're with the Father. And so, Jesus, I draw near to you. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would open my eyes and open my ears and open up all of my senses to see you and to see what you're doing and to see you in your glory. Open my eyes at work, open my eyes at home, open my eyes wherever I am. And Lord, I offer up all of my senses. i just pause there for a minute. You know, if, Hebrews, no, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says this, in view of God's mercy, brothers and sisters, let us therefore offer up our bodies as living sacrifices. Romans 6 says to offer up your members or your senses, your body as instruments of righteousness. So I want to do that just now. I I feel like the Holy Spirit's inviting us right now to, to cleanse and to purify our senses. And so if you've seen Uh, things with your eyes that you shouldn't have seen and your eyes have been defiled by things you've watched on TV or things you've seen in magazines or whatever, um, then I just, just ask the Holy Spirit right now, Holy Spirit, would you cleanse and sanctify my eyes? Same with hearing, cleanse and sanctify my ears. And Holy Spirit, I dedicate my, every part of my senses, my, my touch, my taste, my smell, my sight, my hearing. I dedicate it all to you, Lord, as an instrument of righteousness for your glory. Just take a moment, offer up those. The upper, offer up your body. Upper, offer up your members as instruments of righteousness. Holy Spirit, I offer up my intellect, my mind, my will, my emotions, my soul, my heart, I offer up my spirit as a living sacrifice. And by faith, make a determination in your heart. By faith, you're going to step in. You're going to draw near. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Teach us to live in the realm of glory, but keep us fixed upon your word that we don't go off into error, but that we live in your righteousness and purity. One of the things I love to do, it's weird, but I love to sit at home and put my Bible open over my head as a hat and say I'm bringing everything into conformity with your word Lord let your word Lord your truth exalt everything else within me so bless you in Jesus name if you have any if you have any sickness in your body we would love to pray for you we saw some people with uh, knees healed on knee pain not just knees knee pain healed on Friday night are young adults and others healed as well if you've got any sickness or any pain in your body we would, uh, we would love to pray for you if you need anything in the spirit if there's emotions peace joy comfort whatever you need we would love to pray for you we've got ministry team that will pray because we're to not just to declare the word of God but we're to demonstrate it and experience Him.